Good evening. It's great to be here. I promise uh, I'll make it quick for you, okay? I know you want to get to the game. I'm just joking, kind of. Let's be honest. The, the title is Blurred Lines, and sometimes you blur lines by talking more than you ought to. And so we're going to make it simple and short for that very reason. Please turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, if you would. Genesis chapter 2, and we'll be in chapter 2 and chapter 3 this evening. And again, we're going to be talking about blurred lines and meaning to make the difference between two things uh, less clear or to make them difficult or make it difficult to see the exact truth about something. Um, so uh, at our house, we have these things they are called rice cakes. I don't know if you've ever had any of those, uh, but it says right on the bag, it's healthy, healthy snack. It's really good for you. And you turn it over and on the back, you look at the ingredients and there's not a whole food in it. I don't even think rice is part of the recipe. All right. It's, it's a bunch of stuff that I cannot pronounce. And so it says on the front, health food. But when you get down into the details, you realize there's really nothing good about it for me. There's a song that came out in 2013, uh, and it's called Blurred Lines. And uh, it's a, I, I, I'll be honest, the beat's catchy, you know. They sampled from Marvin Gaye. I mean, it's, 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 a, great, it's a great catchy song. But the lyrics talk about a man trying to get with a woman, and the lines are unclear. She's a good girl, but I think I can change that with these blurred lines. We as people want to make sure we're getting the whole truth in the deals that we make as people, the food we eat, and the way we raise our kids. I don't know about you, but that's one of the things that really drove me to Christianity and restored me to God, was we started having kids, and I wanted to know what the truth was. And when I got into God's Word, the lines became much more clear. But when it comes to our faith... Sadly, Christianity and what God says, many people who claim to be Christians blur the lines to fit what they want or how they feel. And the thing is, we should, have, uh, we should not have to guess what God wants based on feelings because His boundaries and His intentions for us are very clear. He has instructions that have been set since the beginning of time. But we have an adversary who makes things unclear. And he takes advantage of us human beings by blurring God's lines and boundaries. And in doing this, he causes mankind to sin against one another, themselves, and God. We'll see these, draw, these lines drawn in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, if you'll read with me. When God says... You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you will surely die. He's talking to mankind. He just created them. And he's given them some instructions, right? Be fruitful and multiply. We learned about that this morning with Marty. And then the next commandment that we get, or that they get, we, we're mankind, why not, um, is not to eat of this particular tree. Any other tree is fine, but not this particular one. It's a really simple boundary, isn't it? It's a really simple 
line that's been drawn in the sand. Don't eat from this tree. How could we fail at this one? It's so easy to understand. Well, we failed because a line was blurred. Simple as that. Let's look how crafty. Let's look at that crafty serpent and see how he blurs these lines. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, if you'll read with me, please. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? You ever had a conversation where someone goes, Is that really what God said? Those lines start getting blurred right here at the very beginning. And it's not different from what you and I have heard and experienced. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of this particular tree, of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil." So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Like I said, the lesson's going to be real simple because not a lot needs to be said about it. There are three observations that, I, that we get from this passage that I want to bring to light today. And the first one is don't get caught up. Often when lines are being blurred, we are caught up or deeply involved or invested in the conversation. Salesmen are really good at this, right? They start telling you you need all these things and and you get invested in the conversation. They're charming and the next thing you know, you bought a truck you can't afford. Right? The other one had a dent in it, but This one, you know, it's supercharged or whatever. I don't even know what that means. All right. (laughs) Satan does the same thing to us. When we get caught up, our actions often turn towards pleasing ourselves or others, and our actions turn away from what we really should be focused on, and that's pleasing God. The serpent got Adam and Eve invested, Eve particularly. Did Adam and Eve have to make a decision in that very moment? No, they did not. But they got caught up. Couldn't they have eaten from any other tree if they were hungry and then approached God and said, hey, this is the information we got. Is this true? But that's not what they did. They got caught up. The serpent made them feel like they had to act right then in that moment. And that became their undoing. I think we as Christians want to do God's will. You know, we, we have this thing that uh, we're, we're in separate buildings, and so they're bad Christians if they don't worship where we're at. And I don't think that's always the case. For the great majority of people, I don't think that's the case. I think they want to do God's will. But I think the lines have been blurred. We get so invested in what pr- people are telling us their interpretation of Scripture is. We, this one particularly, we think we're not smart enough. We have to be told what the interpretation of Scripture is. I don't know about you, the mystery's been revealed, is what I read. The message is for everyone. No one has to tell me what to believe. 
We get caught up in who the preacher or the teacher is and not what they say. We get caught up in the traditions of our church or the traditions of our our parents. We get caught up in how and what we feel and we end up serving other people's desires or our own desires instead of, well, really honestly, the best thing to do is to wait and check that the information we're getting from others about God is what God wants for us. We need to test it against the word of God. There's a reason the Holy Spirit through Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5:21 that Christians are to test everything that they are told is from God. I want you to go home and test everything that I'm saying right now. This morning in class, if you're if you're a high schooler in class with me, how many times did I say study for yourselves and go to your parents? That's, it's, a, it's a go-to line for me. I don't want you to have my faith. You can't have my faith. You've got to build your own. And you can't do that based on somebody else. So let's not get caught up in what our institutions or our cultures are telling us about what God says. Let's err on the side of caution and check everything that we hear from anyone about God's word against God's word. Observation one. Observation number two. What looks good isn't always good for us. In the 80s, McDonald's ran a campaign that, in Australia particularly, that 55% of the protein you need would come in one of their combo meals. The Americas in the early 2000s, McDonald's sold you a big, a big Mac, a big Big Mac. A super mac, anyways. uh, Some fries and then a little tiny salad. Told you it was healthy. Really? Really? Now, don't get me wrong. I can can smash some nuggets, okay? So I'm not getting on to anybody about McDonald's. All right? But what looks good isn't always good for us. In verse 6, the woman saw that the tree was good for food. She saw that it was a delight to the eyes. And with this new information from the serpent, she just found out that the tree's not actually going to kill her. Oh, it's not going to kill you. Blurred that line, not in the sense as you know death. But it would make you wise. How wise? Whew, wise like God. Now that is appetizing. Although we may see things that look like they are from God, not all things are for us. We have to know that. We can fall into egregious sin when we begin to blur the lines between who is and who isn't God. And that comes when we start deciding what's good for us over what God has told us is good for us. You see, when we decide what's good for us over what God has told us is good for us, our God becomes ourselves because we become our own master. However, there's only one God, and therefore there is only one line. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom all things are, and are all things, and for whom we exist. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, The Lord our God is one God. And Isaiah 43, 11 says, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. We can go on and on about how there's one God. There is no other way. The lines are clear. When it comes to what is good for us, God has made it clear He's the only one that gets to make ways, and His ways are always best for us. 
When in doubt, we should pray for clarity. We should pray for clarity. I think that's something that that we don't do a lot. I think we make a lot of decisions based on how we feel instead of going to the Father and saying, make this thing clear to me. There's no shame in that. We should not make hasty decisions based on what we perceive to be good. We should not blur the lines in who we are to be in service to. For again, if we serve our own interests by not following God's word, Proverbs 28.9 says even our prayers become abominations. It is important, so very important, I believe, that we are careful about who we serve. We must understand the dangers of blurring the lines between what looks good for us and what God actually says is good for us. Observation two. And our final observation that we get is that men must stand up for God's commands. Not mankind, but men. The final point I'd like to make is found at the end of verse 6 when it says, She took of the fruit, ate, and gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. This is an unpopular fact for a lot of people, but God has designed men and women to be in separate roles. Genesis chapter 2.18, when God creates woman, how is the woman described? Helper. That is the word used. Not servant, okay? Let's not get it twisted. Helper. Is her value any less than man? Absolutely not. Is her role different from man's? Absolutely yes. Unfortunately, there's an epidemic of women being the spiritual leaders in their families and in their homes and in the congregations, and it's not a role that they were designed for. What is the purpose of making sure that we know Adam was with Eve during her interaction with the serpent? I believe it's to show that sin comes when these roles are reversed. Adam's job was to protect God's law, but also he was supposed to protect his wife from one who would take advantage of her, one who would make her sin. Right? He was called to be a man of God. When man becomes helper and woman becomes spiritual leader, the lines are blurred in what God's design is for us. The lines become blurred in what our purpose is according to God. Now, does this mean that uh, if you don't have a believing husband, you can't be a spiritual leader? Absolutely not. Right? First Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. All right? There's a place. Women, you are so strong. What's the, uh, uh, that, that movie, Big Fat Greek Wedding? Right? I know, it's silly. But, you know, he says the man is the head of the household, and she goes, yeah, but we're the neck and we turn the head. Right? Women have a very powerful role. And when you are not fulfilling the role as God designed it, you are really, you're really not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And we're not doing as men what we're supposed to be doing. Even in the instance of an unbelieving husband, there is a role and a design that should be fulfilled. So for Christian men, we are called to be spiritual leaders, not the spiritual helpers. We are called to be men of God, right? 
not boys of God. Men of God. We are to be bringing our children and our families up in the care and the instruction of the Lord. And we can't do that if we're sitting on the sidelines or if we're being controlled. We can't do that. We can't stand up for God's truth when we take the helper role. Men, when we see lines being blurred in God's commands, we must stand up for God's truth. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Those are the three observations that I pulled out uh, from this. And tonight, again, we talked about blurring these lines by studying how the serpent made the command of God confusing. And those three observations were that we cannot get caught up or invested by others when it comes to God's commands. We must check all the information we receive about God with God. We have to realize, number two, that what looks good to us is not always good for us. When we serve our own desires or blur the lines of what God has commanded, we serve ourselves and we become our own God. Now we're worshiping an idol. So we should always trust God to know what is good for us. And finally, men, we have to be spiritual leaders. We have to do it. I got back from a men's conference this last week, or this last week, and it was fantastic. It was great. I wish I could have taken all the men with me. There's another one coming up in March at Southwest. It's going to be great. It is so important that we are the spiritual leaders in our homes, because someone is going to blur the lines for our families, and it is your duty. It is our duty and obligation as Christian men to protect our families and the truth found in God's word. But stand firm. Stand up for what is right. Be the spiritual leader. Protect your families from those who would take advantage of them. I heard a great thing. Uh, uh, we were at the men's conference, and oh, uh, his name was Willie B. And he, he stood up and said, how many of you would die for your family? Well, of course, every hand shot up, right? We'll all die for it. We'll take a bullet for our family, absolutely. But how many of us are really willing to be spiritual leaders? Oh, vulnerable, emotional, getting God's word, confrontation in the church. Oh, oh, not going to do that. We have to do it if we're going to live in truth. And so the conclusion here tonight is that if the lines are not clear for you, we need to get in God's word. We can do it together. There's plenty of people here. The, The gospel is for everyone, and everyone is able to understand it. And so if the lines are blurred, Let's get in the word and talk about it. Assess what God has to say. All right? Don't just take it for granted what the people around you are saying. Get in the word. Realize it for yourself. It's logical. You can understand it. And if you are intentionally blurring lines, shame on you and you will have to answer for that. However, the Lord offers you the same forgiveness that he offers everyone else. So get back on track. That simple. And finally, if the lines are clear and you want to become a follower of God, well, we can do that too. Because those lines have been cleared for you because you've read this, not just because you listen to me. So, that is our lesson for tonight. I think it's simple, sweet, and is all it needs to be. No blurred lines here. So please come as we stand and sing.